This is Game Level Learn, a podcast for parents, students, teachers, school administrators, professors, and anyone else interested in game-based learning and gamification in education from kindergarten to adulthood. Join us as we discuss card games, board games, tabletop role-playing games, and video games, and how those games and their mechanics can be used to transform teaching and learning. Welcome to Game Level Learn Season 3. My name is John Cassie, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host... Tracy Wozenegger. Hi, Trace. Hi. How's it going? It's going. Yeah, it's hot, huh? We are... Um, it's rainy here. Oh, it's raining in Pittsburgh. This has been the summer of rain. Oh. Unbearable heat and rain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was in the North Atlantic. I was in Iceland and Greenland and the Faroe Islands in July, and essentially... What we got was the locals said, this is fall weather because it was in the 40s okay. Fahrenheit. Right. Torrential, sheeting, downpouring rain. Sure. Epic, epic rain and uh, clouds as far as the eye can see, like but, to the point where you couldn't even see a hand in front of your face. But your photos were beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. It was a fantastic trip, and I would recommend all listeners to go. And- those of you uh, listening in, uh, you know, in Iceland know that you guys have a dynamite game store. Stop. In Reykjavik. Do we have people listening in Iceland? Yeah. For sure. You, s- <laughs> you know you can see that, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tracy, you had the opportunity to go to Gen Con, and I didn't. What did you find there that, uh, oh. that, that listeners should know about? Um, what did I find there? Yeah, what'd you play? Fun what'd you do? Fun games. Um... I uh, GM'd for Chaosium. Right. Um, so I was GMing a Call of Cthulhu demo scenario, which was quite fun to play with a whole bunch of people that have never really played Call of Cthulhu before. Um, it was it was really good fun. Uh, met a lot of nice GMs there. Also, I managed to grab the GM or the Gen Con um, Arkham Horror card game pack mm-hmm. while I was there. Got the new um, Matt Leacock game, Forbidden Sky. Um, so what? that's Yeah. So it's the, the the third sibling of the Forbidden Desert, Forbidden Island. They might oh. those might be in the wrong order. So in Forbidden Sky, you actually um, the story is you're like on a platform in the sky and you're rocket. You need to like repair a rocket, like get power to a rocket huh. so you can get out of there. Huh. You actually build an electric circuit. You physically build an electric circuit while you are playing the game. Oh, that's nice. So if you win and you put the rocket down on the launch pad, it lights up if you build the circuit. I I mean, we know what the rocket looks like, but only because we tested it, not because we've ever won. (laughs) Um, So so it's hard. We played twice um, at the Meeple after Gen Con. Meeple is a board gaming group that I run here in Pittsburgh. Right. Um, so crack team playing. Yep. Uh, all the all the good regulars like Jeff, Andy, Tucker, Kayla, and I Yep. Uh, played it twice in a row. No dice. Yikes. <laughs> Lost. On yeah. normal. On normal. On normal, of course. <laughs> Not right. even yeah. harder expert. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you brought the A team. Right. Definitely brought the A team. Wipe out. Yeah. Um, Yikes. But – you know, it it is there are more pieces and you know, there's batteries in the rocket, which sure. is um, you know, not usual for board games, but the fact that you're building an actual electric circuit 
That's really pretty spectacular. Yeah, it's brilliant. And I got a murder game, because I like murder, um, where <laughs> where the killer can see everybody, the hunter can see everybody, but all the victims, the prey, have to wear like blackout glasses, so you can't oh. see the board. You have to feel it with your fingers and like move your little guy around. Oh, what is that it's called, game called? It's called Nyctophobia. Oh, I've heard about this game. It's so fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's totally my jam. Yeah. 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 Boy, you it sounds like you had a good time. We did have a great time. Yeah. Yeah, True Dungeon was awesome as usual and Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Um yeah. I loved Origins this year, but uh but I would have loved to have had a chance to go to both. Yeah. It yeah. was awesome. I'm really lucky that I got to go to both this year. Yeah. Maybe next yeah. time. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Definitely Origins next year. For sure. For you and me and I I'll be going to Gen Con next year. Yep. And maybe I will. There's no way to know. It depends right. on when it is. It's it's uh, uh, it it hits right at the beginning of the start of my school year. Yeah. And it's it's uh, frankly a little better when it's in the middle of the month than at the beginning. Okay. Um. So we'll see. Yeah. Um. Fingers so, crossed. So Tracy, season yeah. three of Game Level Learn is all about role playing games and yes. sort of building out role playing. And in I'm full- gonna. Can I add campaign board games? Yeah. I feel like we talked enough about campaign board games last time, and I feel like it's going to come up again today. Almost certainly, yeah. I, would, I, I think that camp, for people who maybe don't have the time to play a role-playing game, mm-hmm. I think campaign board games, a lot of them present a nice alternative. Right, Where right. you get to see some of the same, yeah. um, you know, game mechanics or categories that we're going to talk about for sure for sure yeah. i i think that's definitely true and you know listeners if if you're not sure what we mean when we say um campaign board games you can really just go back into the end of season two and listen to the last couple of episodes there where we explicitly talk about yeah. board games that have a role-playing fee uh, feeling right right but you know basically in this case what we're talking about a, a role-playing game is an, is a is quite an abstraction, right? Character sheets, graph paper, you know, around a table. It's imagination. Yeah, imagination yeah. entirely <laughs> yeah. is what is what we're on about. Uh, whereas a board game will provide you with maybe some miniatures or a board, a, a campaign book of scenarios to play, different characters, uh, different avatars whose identity you can, uh, you know, you can inhabit that sort of thing, right? right. Yeah, um, and I com- I completely agree, Tracy. Obviously, uh, you know, with you on that one, um, you know, sometimes some of the most or some of the richest gaming experiences that I've had have been in these campaign games. Right. Right. Um, so so uh, so listeners, the, the 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 theme of the year or the theme of the season is role playing games and uh, campaign style. Um, board games and the way that they can help you to structure a uniquely compelling lesson or set of lessons for your for your students right and we're going through this step by step and this is episode two of season three so we're going to talk about characters and avatars how they're different uh and how they work and why they matter um and uh uh and tracy from my perspective characters and avatars are 
are similar. Yes. But they they they're sort of fundamentally different as well. At least they're different in sort of the way that they work or how they're created or what they mean. Yes. Though I think sometimes in some games they're so linked yes. that they're almost the same thing. Yes, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think of a character um as being an idea. Yep. Um whereas an avatar is more of an image. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of like the fastest way I could. Yeah, that resonates for me. D- distinguish the two. Um so characters um are the the traits, the the background, the personality. Yeah. That that you're playing, right? That's the character that you're playing. Right. And and all the the statistics or the story that goes with that character. Right, right. Everything that makes the the sort of that that makes up the background or the uh, abilities or the skills or right, the yeah. you know uh, and and we're really going to go into detail on those very granular points in the next episode, right? Right. But all of those things taken together form an imaginative idea like a perspective or a framework or a frame of reference or or an view. orientation a worldview right. right and the important thing uh, i think from from our perspective on this is that a character can exist without a visual representation right right that you're it, it's like the difference between say the Harry Potter of the books and Daniel Radcliffe's Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Right. Right. Daniel Radcliffe's Harry Potter is an avatar. Okay. Right. It can have all of the outward expressions of, of the, the character. character. Right. But by virtue of it being a visual concept, it's kind of locked into a visual gestalt. Right. That it's right. harder to know what Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe's Harry Potter, is thinking in the movies because a movie is a visual right. concept. Whereas in the books, you know, J.K. Rowling can spend as much time as she wants inside Harry's imagination or inside of his personality or his anguish or his delight right. or whatever. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. In a lot of games, you can make an avatar without having a backstory or a personality or right. anything like that. You can make, you know, but you, you, you can't really make a character without some of those things. Right. You you can create an avatar that lets you play a game. Right. And not care at all right about notions that are critical to developing a character right right a character without that visual form can still be sort of fully operative yes right for our purposes right, right, right whereas right. an avatar uh at an, an an avatar 
is the sort of thing you want to encourage, I think, your your player learner to to design or develop. But it's not it's not the most important thing necessarily. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, Tra- Tracy, you, you, you and I have played, you know, lots and lots of of games that require character creation. Yep. And that and that requ- or that require avatar creation. Right. right? And uh, and they're, they're a very different, very different kettle of fish. Yes, though a lot of my role-playing characters, I do have an avatar in my mind for. Same. But I don't always have a physical manifestation of it. Right. Um, I sometimes do. Right. Depending on the game, but right. I don't always. I, I find that I can slot myself into an avatar pretty neatly if i can get it to look close enough to the way i want okay right but a character i'm not I, I'm, I'm not a very good visual artist a 2d artist right right so i Same. can't draw the character no to the to the degree i would like so i don't bother right, right. and when i when i'm asked to pick a miniature i find that very unsettling <laughs> Right. I, um, I, unless I can find the one I want, which I never can. Right. So right. in my, I play in a Pathfinder campaign. Yep. Um, so my character in that is a cleric of sorts. Um, so I actually had a custom made mini. Oh, nice. From Hero Forge. So I, because I couldn't, she's not a typical cleric. So there was not any minis that fit. Right. Um, so I, bought a custom made one where I could pick everything about her um, and I've been painting it and then I actually commissioned an artist to do a, um, a digital drawing of her oh nice so oh I love that yeah so I spent money <clears throat> to have other people help me <laughs> yeah right make her into a physical thing um. but her character like that's just a piece of paper right Right. That's what's right, in your I, head. Right. It's everything that was in my head. I did that by myself, you know, with the paper and pencil. Right. And it gives you a frame of of knowing how to interact with the world. Right. Right. And other that, characters and Right. Yeah. That an avatar just doesn't give you. No. Right by its nature. No, she's just a little plastic mini or right. you know, a beautiful digital piece right. of art. Right. A couple of friends of mine who I play Numenera with out here. Showed me their Numenera Hero Forge characters. Yeah, yeah. Right, because one of them basically plays a, uh, uh, well, you 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 remember him, Tyr the giant robot. Yeah. Yeah, who basically looks like Gort from uh, yeah. from um, the day the Earth stood still. Right. Right. Um, so. So what? So wait, we're talk- let me say one more thing about avatars. Please. Just as a, to make the distinction really clear. So I just finally played the game Portal. Yeah. Um. Finally, I'm procrastinating hard about school starting. So I was like, I'm going to play Portal finally. Yeah. Um. And there is a physical avatar. I almost never saw her. Um. You know, just if I happened to walk past a portal that I could see myself through. Right. Um, right. I don't like I have no idea does everyone look like that does it randomly generate an avatar Right but it had no bearing on my ability to play the game how I right. interacted with the game I don't think I even saw what she looked like 
until like level three or four. Right, right. Um, yeah, you can even even many fairly intense role playing games, video video role playing games, right? Right. Um, you can proceed without having any real sense of what your avatar looks like. Right. Right. And indeed, in a first person shooter game, you uh, might first never. person shooter RPG, you may never know. Right. You know what you look like. And I've always found that to be one of the things about first person shooters that doesn't resonate for me. Oh, right? really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like the fact that all you are is the gun, you know? I'm also the Master Chief. Well, there it is. From Halo. But yeah. Yeah. It's never been is, my jam. I am him and he is me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Um, our, um, uh, our good friend, Ken Galeski. Yes. Okay. Uh, with whom, uh, you know, when I was working at Swickley, we would we would talk games sometimes. Tracy, Ken, and I. Uh, Ken and I were riffing on maybe playing the game Eve Online. Yeah, sure. Because the game is beautiful. Eve is beautiful, right? But we both sort of gave it a little bit of a go, and when we came back and talked about it, we said, you know, one of the things we don't like is we spend all this time making this really cool, badass-looking avatar, and then all you ever see is the ship. I mean, I've never played it, so. Well, it's a beautiful game. It, I've heard. Yeah, but yeah. Po- folks who don't like it say it's essentially playing, you know, uh, you're, 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 you're running Excel spreadsheet in space. I mean, that sounds awesome. Well, you know, that's your, <laughs> that's your jam, right? Yay, that's- math! We're yeah. just going to stop right here and talk about Microfo- Microsoft Excel for the next 25 minutes. And now... <laughs> You have, subs- a moment to talk you have about subscribed to Microsoft Excel. Microsoft Facts. Excel, pod- <laughs> the the podcast. Oh. It, you know, honestly, if I were thinking, wh- can I think of what would be the ten top ten worst podcasts ever? Microsoft Excel, the podcast. Microsoft Excel. God bless. Can do so many wonderful things for you. Ugh. We're okay, not even going to talk about it. Okay, all right, let's, let's get actually back talk about right, real things. So, we're, so we're now we, we want. Uh, we want to give folks some places to look for this kind of contrast between character and avatar a little bit. Okay? Yes. And let's go. I mean, there are really three places I think that that a that a player. I'm sorry, that a teacher looking to do this might look for some inspiration. Sure. Okay. So the first place would be within board game contexts. Right. right? That's going to be your your a campaign lot of style games, games. Have avatars and characters. Correct. Or Correct. characters. A lot of them, a lot of games that have characters and board games actually have avatars too. Generally speaking, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's only in your tabletop role-playing games that you're at that higher level of abstraction. Right. Right. Yeah. You're always always going to have a card that has a a picture or right. You know something. something. Like that. Yeah. yeah. You're going to have a mini. Right. Right. Yeah. So like the simplest of avatars would be like just a meeple, right? Right. Like. Just a little dude you put on the board and he marks your place. Right. And rather than it being, yeah, and the most simple is just literally a meeple with your color. Right. 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 Like in Pandemic, you're the right. orange guy. <clears throat> you're the orange guy. And, right. And you have a job. Right. That's uh, your you're character. The, right. You're the pilot. Right. Okay. So now I have an identity that comes from my job. Okay. Right. Now, that's a very important thing to think about when you're thinking about gamifying through a role-playing game because it doesn't need to be any more than 
a job. Right. Yeah. Right. Gamification doesn't. You don't need to have kids making full-on role-playing game characters. Right. right. They could just have a job or a role in the right. classroom um, that they need to fulfill. Right. And and if you ask them to create a character backstory, right. they're gonna they're gonna connect to it more. But it's really still just the job. Right. Right. But it's a job for which you have made them make a particular connection. Right. Right. Because, I mean, I, I connect to the characters when I'm playing Pandemic. Oh, sure. You know, I'm the, you know, or even more so when I play um, uh, Flashpoint. Yes. You know, because you're, you're a firefighter. Right. Right. And that's, you know, that I, I feel that a little bit more, you know, a little bit more strongly. Um, right. So I, fe- I yeah. feel it more strongly when there's a, a more developed avatar. Or a Definitely. slightly more developed character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sort of your pandemic and Forbidden Island is about as low as it gets, right? Right, right. You know. Um, and then when you step up from there, then you're either going to have a a card with a character with some statistics, perhaps. Right. Right. And, a, and like a photograph or a piece of art. And now I'm thinking about your sort of fantasy flight kind of games, Arkham Horror, Eldritch Horror, you know. I'm thinking a bit lower, like House uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill. Ah, okay, now. I, I think th- of that as like a step, a little bit of a step lower. It's a step lower in the sense that. In the character way. In the right. avatar way, it's a step above. Yeah, you're totally right. You're yeah. totally right. You know, um. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I did not know my there was terms. so much right. nuance to this. Right, there is actually, yeah, um, and you know, sort of your classic example is Madame Zostra. Um, I'm Heather always. Heather. Yeah, right, right, and I'm always, um, I'm always Professor ninety three years old. Oh, uh, Father Reinhardt or um, yeah, I Father Reinhardt, I don't know, yeah. whatever the other side is. <laughs> right, yeah. I can see his, I can see his I know, uh, I can avatar, see his but I can't remember his name. Which is um, funny, though, because, like, clearly we have a connection. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Like, one of our friends posts, so we're talking about the game Betrayal at House on the Hill. Right. Um, and there are player cards that tell you your character's name, and that gives you four basic statistics about your character. Right. Um, their, their sanity, their knowledge, their speed, and their might, their strength. And then there's also like some dumb facts on there, like when your birthday is and like what your hobbies are. Like right. Heather's, like one of right. Heather's hobbies is shopping. It, um, uh, right. So, but we're we're attached to them, right? Like we know who they are. You yep. brought up Madame Zostra. I can picture her immediately in my head. Right. One of my friends posted a happy birthday message to Madame Zostra on Facebook because like <laughs> it says their birthdays on the right, cards, right? right. right? March 27th. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so those are the, like, the characters are very basic. You know, hobbies, birthday, four traits. Yep. But they have these fun little avatars that you move through the haunted yep. house yep. that people get attached to. Right. And so when you think about doing this in your own, uh, you know, in your own classroom and you have access to a 3D printer. Yep. Right. Very easy to 3D print an avatar. Right. There's like you can find 
models online for 3D printers. Right. You know, right. that are free or cost a couple of bucks. Right. But having a kid, you know, even if your role, right, if your character is simple for class, right. having a kid design an avatar, a picture, a model. Right. You know, clearly it builds connection. Yeah, totally. To that. Totally. To that role or that character. Yeah. And, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for you as an as an instructor to think about collaborating with your colleague, the visual arts teacher. Right. Right. And it doesn't have to be a long time. You set it aside. You know, you have your art teacher come in and give your students some instruction on building a 30-minute avatar. Right. Right. Um, because you've already helped them to build a character who's got the kind of skills and abilities and orientation that you need for your gamified learning right i mean again remember the point folks is always what's your learning objective right does that learning objective connect to something that makes sense to do it in a gamified way right you might not even want to make characters or avatars right and if so then save it for some other thing right right you know i'm i'm presently working with some teachers in uh, in Colorado, who are thinking about adopting a story form gamified experience that they'll do three or four times over the course of the year. This is middle school honors um, sixth grade. Okay. Okay. And the idea being to really, really build out a very sophisticated. Uh, vocabulary development okay okay and to afford the highest ability students the best way to differentiate up for very high ability students in your classroom is through gamification i think yeah because if you give students rewards that are intrinsic rewards that they can earn just by beating the game right right then or beating themselves. Beating them. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, okay, well, I was at this level and now I'm, now I'm that level plus five. Right. right? Very highly motivating. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're going to structure this as essentially like a fantasy story where the students are going to have to use words to defeat monsters. Fun. Okay. And the... The higher the difficulty of the word, the more potential damage it will do. Right. Right. So words will be assigned to be like a D4 or a 6 or yeah, an 8, yeah, yeah. right? And different characters will have different... Um, are you a are you a magic user? Or are you a right. healer? Or are you a bup, 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 right? So they might be able to help someone else... They could use a word to do a good heal rather than do damage. Right. Or like give a plus one damage to the fighter. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like buff them. Exactly. Right. And so, you know, we're really working to uh, kind of develop that out. But you could do that without doing any of this kind of character avatar gamification. But if you do, I guarantee you it will be the thing your students will remember 40 years from now. Right. Every single word they learn in that context is a word they're going to use properly, use effectively, use skillfully, and if they're asked about it on a on a standardized test, 
they're gonna get it. Yeah. Right. Um. I think we've 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 hit characters from a sort of role playing game perspective, right? From a board game perspective. Yep. Um, yeah. From a role playing perspective, it really depends on what the system's looking for, doesn't it? Yes. Right. Some... So, in other words, a role playing game has its own sort of objective. Right. Yeah. Let, let's just so let's just name a couple of games that people okay. board games that people could look at that have like roles or characters that might be interesting for teachers to look at. Okay. So we've already said pandemic. Yep. I think it presents a really interesting opportunity to look at like different roles and special abilities. Yes. And how they could fit together. Yes. Um. We mentioned Betrayal at House on the Hill, which has just four little statistics. Yep. You know, and those are for survive, surviving a haunted house. Um, you know, you could have different statistics for a learner. Right. Um, in your class. What are some other, let's do like two more board games. I, I think you would be well served if you were to look at uh, any of the Arkham Universe yeah. games. Okay. Yeah. So like Arkham, Arkham, Arkham Horror, Horror, Eldritch Horror, Arkham Horror, the card game. Uh, I'm not sure that Eldritch Sign is as helpful in this regard. Right. Um, but I think that Arkham Arkham Horror started and did a very nice job with building out those kind of character identities. Right. Right. Um, the. Would you say that the card game has the most developed? Huh. Because they have those specialized decks that they're building. Huh. I think I probably would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't yeah, really thought too. about it. Yeah. Right. But but you you ask it, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, another another game to look at, uh, and this is for sort of more hardcore gamers, would be a game called Gloomhaven. Which is a campaign game. Which is a campaign game in which you inhabit a character who has a miniature so it's kind of you're really doing more of an avatar right right but the game by virtue of the story it's telling right encourages you to create role playing depth to create character right. within right. the avatar right you don't have to but but it strongly encourages it right right um and uh perhaps in the show notes I'll drop four or five more Different yeah. games that you might, you know, that you might look at. Right. Yeah. Um, I just think it's helpful, you know, like. Um, oh, for sure. For sure. Arkham Horror. I don't know about Gloomhaven, but Arkham Horror, you can, the card game, you can play by yourself. Yes. So you don't even need to have someone that will play games with you. Right. To look at, you know, different characters and how you would build their decks and what different powers they have. Right. Um, just to get ideas for what you could do in your classroom. Totally. Yeah. yeah, and to sort of get ideas about how these how these things might look or what they might, right? You know, kind of how they might function, right? Right. Um, in role playing games themselves, it comes from sort of the ways in which the game wants you to be thinking about story and plot, doesn't it? Right. How your character interacts with the story. Yeah, interacts with the story, right? Right. So the different kinds of qualities that your character will have 
right. is based in part on the kind of stories that the game designer wants you to have. Right. 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 Um, so character creation is v- <clears throat> different in different role-playing games. Indeed. Sometimes right. it's very complicated. Right. Other times it can take three minutes. Yep. Right. Um, for for your purposes as a gamifying teacher, you want to be sure that you know what you want your learners to accomplish. Okay. And then think about how to, what are the skills, what are the competencies, what are the backstories? Right. Right. And then you're going to want to ask your students to, you're going to sort of give them a, an inventory that they sort of have to fill out or think about to create the backstory of their character. Right. So that their character makes sense. If they're making a character, right? You could also Indeed. just have a role or. Yeah. 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 It really depends on how deeply you want to go into the character side. Right. Right. Um, and if you want to, if you want to go deep, you, you, you really need to be able to generate that backstory somehow. Right. And, right. um, and some game systems are very, really very good at generating back backstory. I think of the game Traveler, which basically the whole the whole character creation system is, well, what have you done for the last three years? I learned this and I did this and I took that wound and this happened. Okay, well, your statistics move around like this and you pick up these new skills and bup, 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 right? You know, you, you, you enter play as like a 50-year-old, you know, whereas in... <laughs> You know, in many of these other games, you know, you, uh, you, you know, you start at fifteen. Right. Right. Um, really good role-playing character creation systems are things like the Burning Wheel. Tell me more. Uh, Burning Wheel is a uh, is a system where y- when you are done creating your character. You have a fully fleshed out and realized story. I was from this social class. My parents had these qualities. I did this when I was in my early 20s. Okay. I traveled to this place. I did this thing. I learned, I, you know, so you end very, up basically writing a story. Right. Very detailed backstory. Very detailed. Right. Yeah. Um, and there are, there are some game systems where... You just write a couple sentences. Yeah, you just have a couple of sentences, and you've got a, a statistic or two, you know, and that's right. and that and that's that's all you need. Um, what are um, what are a couple of role playing games, Trace, that you might suggest? Um, I think so. I just picked up um, the Fate Core. Yes. Rule book. Um. So there's a big rule book and there's like a little tiny like just make a character and make a game and play. Um, and it's it's very small. Um, it's simple character creation. Um, I think that's a really good place to look um, for people who maybe aren't very experienced because it's simple character creation. Um, I mean, D&D was my sure. entrance to role playing. It's, I guess some people would call it crunchier because there's more numbers. Um, I think fifth edition is not so numbers heavy. Um, I agree with that. You know, you can, you still need numbers, but 
you can tell a good story without worrying about most of the numbers on your character sheet if you want to. Right. Um, but games like D&D and Call of Cthulhu show you a more detailed look at what you might do for a character. Um, physical descriptions, mental descriptions, um, mental strengths, physical strengths, things like that, and then specific skills that your character might be good at, which I think we're going to talk about in another episode. Yeah, that's that's um, uh, special that, yeah, skills. that's down the road, yeah. Um, um. But yeah, I think fate looks like... Um, I mean, I think the point of fate is that you can easily use it to tell any kind of story you want. Yes. Um, so that's quite appealing to me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That it can be sort of reskinned for anything, including, I hope, um, education. Yeah. It almost certainly can. Yeah. Although we have not, neither you nor I have attempted it yet. Correct. Right. We have not attempted to use that system. Right. I have um, not. I. You know what? I think I played a... Um, I played in a role-playing game with my friends. I don't know that it used the fate system, but it was really close if it wasn't fate. I see. Based on what I've seen. So I don't know if someone just... It was free online. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if someone, you know, just used the fate system to make this story. Right. For us to right. play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't think of the name of that game. Ugh. It'll come to you. Yeah. Uh, I think about, uh, you know, D&D 5th edition, by virtue of it being so... Popular. So popular, right? That yeah. You can go anywhere and find it, right? I mean, you can find character sheets online. Wizards of the Coast has, like, pre-generated characters you can look at. For sure. Um, it's just so readily available. Yeah, right. It's... Yeah, but that's a kind of a no-brainer, right? Right. Um, I think about... Uh, games that are tied to other intellectual properties, like the new Star Trek role-playing game. Yep, yep. The Firefly role-playing game. Yep, there's a Star right. Wars. It's Star Wars role mm-hmm. You know, that they're all... If you're into that intellectual property of that universe... Right. Right. Then, then go and pick one of those games, because you'll get a real sense of how the game designer is trying to connect the character creation experience with what these characters do right Right. and that's what i think you need to really have mastery of from a gamifying teaching perspective what do i want my player learners to do right all right design the game to make it possible for them to do that to do it right right you know when i when i taught game design at swickley uh i had um one of the units was about designing a role-playing character creation system, right? And one student, he was obsessed with snowplows and plowing. Okay, so he okay. created a he created a, you know a kind of system where you sort of start off as someone who basically plows city streets in a small town, and ultimately moves up to running like an <laughs> icebreaker in Norway. That's amazing, you know? right? And uh, and so the statistics were related to driving and you yeah. know ice management and blah 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 you know uh, you know a student who uh, who wanted to talk about what it was like to live in a uh, you know in a middle school right 
right? Well, social reputation and, right. you know, glibness. How quickly can you get off a, you know, a, um, a, a retort when someone says something mean right. to you? You know, how quick are you with your social media? Right. Uh, you know, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and so you really want to think about what you want your players to be doing, your player learners to be doing. Right. Because that's going to really dictate what your characters look like. You know, um, Tracy, you and I both play MMOs, and I think that's probably the best place to think about avatars in a video game context. Right. I, I think so. Yes, because they're customizable. Right. Right. Not all video games have customizable avatars. Right. Um, um, I mean, obviously, I wish there was more customization. Yeah. I play Dungeons and Dragons online. Um, and there, I mean, there's a lot of customization, but I want more. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a WoW and, player, that's one of the great complaints. Yeah. yeah. Right. Is there just aren't enough ways to customize. Right. I mean, and there are tons. Let me, I mean, just to be clear, I have like... 13 different eyes to choose from and like 27 hairstyles. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's way I mean, better. There are in, a lot. Like let, yeah. I don't want people to think I have like three options. Right. <laughs> I have a ton, but like I can't customize my armor or right. My weapon, you know, yeah. you I can do pick, that. And wow, I can't pick these boots and that shirt, you know? Um, I'm sorry. I can't get behind the combat and wow. I understand. It's too, t- 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 too slow too that was slow yeah um but i can make a character um and i definitely so in dungeons and dragons online you can get to level 20 and then reincarnate yourself and go back to level one so it's like you but a baby you but like i always make her look different I see. Like every time. So like this time she's like a little vampy looking. Right. Because they released um Curse of Strahd and they released Barovia. So I wanted her to be ready for vampire shenanigans. Right, right. <laughs> um and um you know, uh in uh World of Warcraft, uh they just brought in a whole new expansion pack. Uh, so we've got this is all these commercials new... about the two factions that fight each other. E- exactly right. Yeah, and uh, one of the factions, the Horde, is led by uh, a character named Sylvanas Windrunner, who okay. used to be this badass night elf before she was killed and then raised from the dead. And right. now she's the leader she's of undead. A, yeah, she's the forsaken undead. Forsaken are super interesting from a story perspective, right? And she leads a faction. I she's, already want to be in her faction. Yeah, she's the war chief of the horde. Okay. Yeah. And are they evil? Mm, no. No, the forsaken dead. Nah, they're not evil. Okay. Right? They're they're they're. If you they're, say so. Yeah. No. <laughs> back back in the day of WoW. There were undead who were under the thrall of okay. the Lich King, okay? Sure. And they were they were evil, but the Forsaken undead had broken free of the Lich King. So okay. they're autonomous. They're autonomous, right? Okay. Okay. And Sylvanas has always been 
really interesting, right? She's super intense. She's got this great dialogue. You know, she's so dismissive, right? She's so forsaken, right? I love, I love her. her. But <laughs> but she's done something Uh-oh. in this in the run up to this patch that's got people saying like no, that is an act beyond it is without honor. Okay? And so the horde is all about evil. honor, right? Um uh, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a little genocidal. What? Right? Yeah, it's it's not good. So she it, is evil. She has done an evil thing. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying. Uh, to the point where uh, John, my partner John. Yeah. Right. Who's plays a night elf? The very first character he ever created. Now, like nine years ago, is a night elf, right? Okay. And he said, "I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't." Because he should be in the horde. No, 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 no. He's oh. he. he the Horde burned down the Night Elf capital. Okay. Sacked it, burned it to the ground. It's a world tree. They burned it to the ground, right? And if you're playing on the Alliance side, then there's the very last quest you do before you leave the zone is you're trying to rescue Night Elf civilians. Okay? Okay. And then, because the whole city's burning down, right? right. And then you use a portal to get out and save your life. John said Zidney, his character, would never leave. He would not leave. He would he would he would go down with the burning city, so he's like I'm gonna have to create a new character, or I'm gonna have to uh, race change this character. He can't be a night elf because Sydney's dead. Right. How sad. Right. Super intense. Right. So you've got people who are really mad at her, Sylvanas, yeah, for doing this, and um, and, and who don't know what to do. Right. My my character is too honorable, so I'm gonna create another character. Or I'm not going to play Horde. Or I'm going to... And there are people who are... Uh, one of the orcs in the Horde is this guy named Sourfang. He's been in the story forever. Um, they did a cinematic movie of him. Okay. And and one of the things he did to demonstrate that he was done being a warrior... I'm, I'm done, right? I'm going to go out. I'm going to present myself to the Alliance and they're going to kill me and I'll be dead, right? He took off his shoulders, okay? His shoulder armor. Armor, yeah. Okay. And so thousands of characters in on the Horde side to express their displeasure with Sylvanas are are going into the ar- armor transmogrifier. And taking off their sh- armor. And they're saying, hide my shoulders. So that so that they're like, you know, hashtag be like Sourfang, you know. <laughs> and it's so great because it's all just avatars, right? So what I've done is I've said, look, there's only one race that can be played by both factions. The Pandaren. The Panda people. Okay. So I race changed a character on the Alliance side into a Pandaren. And I have a Horde side Pandaren who I'm going to use the magic level boost to 110. And this whole faction I'm going to play just as Pandaren who are trying to find a way... To bridge the gap. So I'm going to write some fiction and that kind of stuff, right? Nice. Right. Um, the power what? of avatars. Okay. That's right? what I was going to say. The power of avatars. Right. Right. This it, is what, it might seem silly. But it won't to be to your kids, kids. Draw their characters or right. we are adults. I mean, right. one could argue that. But we oh. are adult people that have professional lives. Right. That hold jobs. Right. <laughs> and... 
this is the power of an avatar. Right. You know, you're right. so into this game and what your character would do. And, um, you know, we were talking about it before we started recording my Arkham Horror card game character. Right. Um, Mark Harrington did not survive the last scenario. And I still am getting over it, people. It was weeks ago. <clears throat> right. Weeks ago. I've, right. I'm playing Jenny Barnes again in the next scenario. And I'm just like, whatever, Jenny. Yeah, Jenny, Because I'm still thinking about Mark. Right. Who's dead. Who's dead? He didn't right. survive the Dunwich right. horror. Um, um, I mean, no one did, but it doesn't matter because Mark's the only one that was important. And I didn't even—I wasn't even excited about playing him at the beginning. But when you spend time with your character, and you know, T- totally, totally, you just get attached, <laughs> right? You know, um, I. So this is also. You know, so you were saying John said his character wouldn't leave the city. Right. Now, I know John. Yep. John would leave a burning city. John Mundy would. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so this is, I think, an important time to mention one of the benefits of characters and avatars in games and classrooms is that yep. they're not you. That's right. Um. So, you know... That means they can have personalities that are different than yours. Right. They can make decisions that you might not make. Um, And obviously, we don't want to use them in education for kids to do, you know, to be jerks to each other. Right. Um, But it could in certain, I think if you design the gamification right or design character creation right, you could empower kids Yes. To maybe do things that they wouldn't normally do or take risks that they normally wouldn't take in class. Right. Um, you should give them that power. You know, Tracy might not do it, but Roe will. Mark exactly. will. Right? Exactly. Like, Tracy wouldn't do the things that Mark did in the Dunwich Horror. Um, right. He almost died so many times. Right. Because he's super brave, you know? Right. <clears throat> right. Um, I would never do those things, but Mark would. Right. Mark right. would stay and fight and die so that someone else could finish this quest. Right. Right. Yeah, there's there's so much value in separating one's personal identity from learning sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you come to so many things with so much baggage that the moment you 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 can you can put a, a filter between that. Right. That's gonna help. Right. It's inevitably going to help, right? Uh, it's going to help to to to. It's going to help learners collaborate. I think to work so. as teams, right? Because if you're working from the point of view of your character, you get to leave your other drama maybe aside. Maybe. We hope, yeah. Right. I mean, we all know it's going to be harder to leave it aside if you're trying to be you, right? Right. If you're trying to be a character, that can be helpful. Right. Right. Uh, well, and it's going to break down just kind of the the stuff that happens in your class every day that maybe you as a teacher, you don't even know. Right. Right. You know, the strange ways in which the social hierarchies and pecking orders of of schools are established by students and that adults have a hard time penetrating or understanding. Right. Right. You know, my contention has always been that 
the vast majority of a school's culture is built by its students. Yes, 100%. Right? Yeah, and that, that adults can have an influence, but the older the students, the more that culture is created and sustained by, right. you know, by students. Um, you know, and a couple of things that, that I've long talked about in just in game-based learning and gamification in general is that games are meritocratic. You win or lose based on how well you play the game. Right. Right. So you take on a character identity. To me, that's going to enhance the meritocratic aspect of what you're trying to accomplish in class. Yep. Okay. And game spaces ideally are spaces where the 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 stuff that happens in our lives racism sexism homophobia classism religious persecution are set aside i mean we hope they are we hope they are right yeah you know our contention is that in a gamified framework you have a better chance Right. Of of minimizing or neutralizing those concepts than you do in a non-gamified frame. Right. Right. It's not a paradise, people. Right. Wait, I don't want people to think that the gaming world is. Oh, no. No, <laughs> the gaming world is horrible. Yeah. In, 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 in that respect, in a lot of ways. You know, I mean, Tracy, just just earlier today, I was watching you and another dear friend of ours, Andy, uh, you know, engage in a... Um, you know, a, a real a, a real attempt to teach someone online about why representation matters, right? Right. If the only characters you ever see on television, in movies, and plays, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, are you know of a particular type, you know, uh, white people, men, whatever, right? Right. Well, these visual images are powerfully shaping to uh to one's sense of what one can do in the world right and how one fits into the world and so any representation of people who are different from you is great is great and yeah. so we should encourage it more you know right. and th this gives but you an opportunity to to uh you know to maybe say you're going to create avatars but they have this quality right Right. Or you can create a character, but the character has to have this identity, you know, as a as a way of of trying to challenge and shape up the way that people are thinking about the world. Right. Yeah. Um, did we miss anything, Trace? Um, I mean, I feel like I could just keep talking about Mark. Yeah. I realized as I was talking that I was getting like really fired up about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Uh, I am. Um, I of course in the Arkham Horror game. Oh, had, there is one more. Th you go ahead, but then I, I'm pulling I, my finger up so I remember that I have one right. more thing. I had great, great, great success with Wendy Adams. Yeah. Right, and when we got to the when I got to the end of uh, Dunwich, I, did I, she survive? She did. What? How? Oh well, that's because like, that's a whole podcast. Right. She's got <laughs> so many trauma points. Yeah. That I'm like, I have to retire her. Mark I, I, can I can't only send take, her out. I can't send Mark her out. Mark can only take five total horror. Yeah. And in the first scenario of Dunwich Horror, he got one permanent 
Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So he was always like, four to go. <laughs> yeah, and four. He's for GLA. Yeah. He's great, though. You could, you could take he four. Really... You could take four hits, you know, in 10 seconds. Yeah. He's, yeah. I mean, he is a champion. Yeah. Throwing okay. dynamite over his left shoulder and then shooting stuff out of the sky. He's a badass. He's just an angel yeah. amongst us yes um okay, okay the last thing i want to yeah, talk last about last thing um cooperation and yeah. class so yeah. we've been talking a lot about characters and avatars and as we were talking i kept thinking like it just kept popping into my head um if one of the things you're interested in doing in class is having kids working together productively yes um I think there's a couple of I think you should definitely look at pandemic. Yep. Um because you need the roles to be successful. Um so if you would imagine um you know a group work situation where people have different roles and each role is vital right. to accomplishing the end goal, that's how it is in pandemic. Also some role playing games have built in as part of the character creation your connections to other people. Right. Um, so that could even be something that's built in to the the class or the activity or whatever you're doing. Um, so Numenera right. that you talked about, you have built in um, relationships. Yep. Like when we when we created our characters, we were all required to make a connection to at least one other character. Yep. Um, and they ended up, it ended up being like a whole weird network, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, but it really worked. It really worked. Yeah. Um, but so we all had reason to, to be together and to work toward the same goal. Um, also fiasco, yeah, which is a super rules light. Um, I would almost call it like a party game RPG because you could <laughs> yeah. really just like sit down with a whole bunch of D sixes and play. Um, and it's a lot more like improv than anything else. Right. But for the purposes of gamification, you set up relationships with the people that sit next to you in the game. Um, so I think if one of your learning targets is cooperation, interpersonal relationships and learning and things like that, right. there are ways to build that into the character creation or the roles in the games. Yeah. yeah. All that really resonates for me. Yeah. Yeah. That was just one other thing I wanted to say. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, Sometimes I am. Oh, you're brilliant. Sometimes. Most of the time in my experience. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Uh, so folks, I think that brings us to the end of uh, season three, episode two about character. I'd love yeah. to hear characters you've created who've been really resonant or meaningful in your own lives. Uh, what games oh, you played. Oh, I play. thought you were talking to me. I was like, let's go. No, no, I'm talking <laughs> to the listeners, Tracy. Uh, yeah. Um, avatars you've made. If you have any perspectives on DDO or, uh, you know, the Battle of Azeroth. Uh, you know, what role-playing games do you play? Oh what my campaign? God, if you are playing DDO, please let me know. Yeah, and if you're playing if well, let people, me know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm, uh, uh, I'm the filthiest of filthy casuals. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, it's like, well, oh, what do you like to do in, in wow? Uh, 
I like to go questing and, oh. you know, yeah, it's like, no, anything that requires even the remotest skill. You're out. I'm like, it's much too hard. Okay. Right. John is always on me. No, you should be doing these. I was like, I don't want to do those things. They're too hard. I'm like, I don't in want between. people yelling at me. Yeah. I'm like in between. Yeah. I can be that guy. That's like, let's do this. We're going in on Reaper mode and we're going to crush this. <laughs> Let's do the fastest shroud run in the history of shroud runs. And then other times I'm like, derp, 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 derp. that's never me. <laughs> never. I'm never like, yeah, Reaper mode. Yeah. Nah, and then other no. times I'm like, let's go try on outfits. That's right. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm with more my, like daffodil mode. Yeah. With my yeah. friend Jason, who <clears throat> is like my best girlfriend. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> Because he has girl avatars every time. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Um, brilliant. Um, folks, we, we uh, both Tracy and I look forward to hearing your your thoughts on characters and uh, and avatars. And next week, we're gonna it's going to be more characters and avatars, frankly. Um, but we're going to be looking sort of more specifically at things like statistics and skills and things like that that uh, that'll help you take the, the, the characters that you've uh, you've had your kids develop, flesh them out a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, also, I'm going to plug my Discord channel again. Please. Which is not getting a lot of action, folks. Let's go. Um, there's four people. Two of them are me and John. Uh, very disappointed about this. Um, so Discord is a chat um, server. It's made for gamers, but it's actually a really great place to connect and talk to people about things. Um, so I made a game level learn Discord server. Nice. It's on our Facebook page. Yep. I'll try to send the link to John. I mean, I will send the link to John. Hopefully, you can put it in the notes. Yep. Of the podcast, so people can sign up there. Um, my hope is that we'll build a community of um, educators on there, where we can talk about all kinds of stuff. Um, people can host games for other people to play, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, nice. It's a great um, thing. Yeah, but we need more people. Join us. Join us. Join us. Join us. And uh, join us in a couple of weeks for episode three. Yeah. All right, Trace. See you then. Bye. Okay, bye.